Breaking down right here on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel alongside Cam Urshry and PJ Zuko have so much to dive into on the show today. Have some uh, some rumblings coming out of Athens that we'll dive into here in a little bit. Some some injury updates to get to. Also, Falcons and Jags kicking off their season this week with the rest of the NFL. I mean, Thursday night, tomorrow night, guys. NFL season kicks off. Some Dallas and Kansas City. And Cam's over here updating the the fantasy football team. Yeah. Yeah, got to get I, it right. I can't I can't do it anymore. I mean, BJ texted us yesterday and was like, hey, you guys want to put together an office fantasy league? Mm-hmm. Hell no. Nope. <laughs> I know you PJ, shot that down so quick. Yeah, PJ, you're like the defending champ from like four years ago. So I defer yeah. to your knowledge. But right. uh, Got the trophy on I, my desk. Listen, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this that love fantasy football, play fantasy football, really care about fantasy football. I say this with no hesitation i absolutely loathe not love loathe fantasy football and and it's just it's not because i don't appreciate the community aspect of it like i used to have a really good time with a group of people that i played fantasy with and there was uh, our commissioner would write these like long elegant recaps from each game where he kind of like made fun of the different players not the actual nfl players like the the teams right and right we had fun as a community, and I really enjoy the communal aspect of it, but the actual, especially if you're in a, I'll say, competitive, wink-wink, league, uh, the actual, like, moving players and trading and updating and, man, my kicker sucks, and so I have to sign a new kicker every week, and uh, uh, my defense, I'm, I'm going to just get whoever Houston's playing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out and claim waivers at 4 o'clock, and then when I'm watching the games – yeah, I'm rooting for the Falcons, uh, but Jalen Hurts, I had to start him at quarterback because my quarterback got hurt. <laughs> yeah. And so I want the Falcons to win, but I, I want the Falcons to win like 45-38 because I need Jalen Hurts to go off. Or I'm watching. I'm just trying to watch a game uh, at, at 435, and I'm catching up on the, uh, the last of the 1 o'clock games, and I'm like, all right, so here's what I need. I need them to be winning, but I also need it to be close enough that the other team's having to play catch-up so my quarterback's throwing for a bunch of yards, or I have this receiver, so I need that team to be losing. I need that team to be losing, and I'm going to have them just throw to this wide receiver over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. right? Or how about this? You want to sign a defense – but that defense is playing your wide receiver. Yeah, it it, it sucks. I'm just I'm straight up. It, it makes watching football not enjoyable. I'd rather watch the NFL and just enjoy watching the NFL. I know a lot of people out there love fantasy football. I loathe it. I, Cam, I'm sorry. I don't mean to rain on your parade over there playing GM. You're like, damn, my running backs out. Yeah, ETN's <laughs> but, out for the season, man. I forgot about that. That's rough. Yeah. I got James Robinson, though. So I, I got Dalvin Cook as my See? one. See? See? <laughs> DJ's finding it, it silver linings yeah. and Travis Etienne getting hurt. It's not good. I, I don't like that by any means, but yeah. uh, I, I did make a smart pickup. But mm-hmm. this is the thing for, for me this year, right? I'm going to get to, like, week six, and I'm either going to be really bummed or, mm-hmm. like, really really happy because of what i did this year basically like it's i don't know about you guys especially with fantasy football though it's like it's really difficult for me to say no to people so like i have like eight friends that are gms of different leagues so it's just really easy for me to look down and just be like yeah buddy i'll do that yeah man i'll do that for you yeah sure and then i look down and i'm like i'm in nine leagues 
I didn't even want to do this. Like, I, I, but I'm signed up. And like, I can't back out now. So there were four or five years there where nine was probably exaggerating a little bit. But mm-hmm. there were four or five years here in a row where, like, I've been in, like, four or five leagues each year. This year I made it a point. I was like, I might be in one or two, but that's it. Like, I can't do anything else. I can't. So I said yes to one. I said mm-hmm. no to a few more. I tried to get in another one, but, like, the draft messed up, so I, I'm not in that one, and thankfully, I think. But, like, that's the thing, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to get to week, like, six or seven, and I'm either going to be really bored because I'm not in a lot of leagues, or I'm going to be really, really happy because I'm I'm only in that one, you know, that, that I'm trying to keep track of. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see about that this year for me. Mm-hmm. I did – I kept the spot open just in case we did anything, but uh, I, I think we – I don't know. We'll we'll see about that. I think we yeah. tried to get that. I think we tried to get that fired up yesterday. Nah, I'm always kind of got shot down by a couple people. I'm so. always in one one league every year. I did a league with um Cody and Christian last year. I, yeah, I won. Of course, I won, of, of course, course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But this year, <laughs> I, I got a decent team. I didn't catch the draft in time, so obviously my team was auto drafted. But I mean, they gave me my boy Cook. Uh, I have Justin Herbert. I'm praying. Because I got a steal, but I don't know if he's going to play this year. I'm praying Deshaun Watson can come back or uh, Michael Thomas comes back. I got those two just on the bench just in case, you know, later in the season some things pop. But, I mean, it's it's a solid team. I, uh, I think I got the 49ers and Washington's defense, so yeah, you know I'm good with that. But, I mean, it's it's interesting. I like the fantasy football aspect, especially basketball too. But sticking to football, I, I, I like it. It's just when – a player on my team, which I don't think I have a lot of players this year, a player on my team has to play the Falcons. Yeah, um, I think right, you seen my tweet right. yesterday. Yeah. My stress <laughs> level, I, I have to, it's Wednesday. And I, I kid you not, yesterday I had to mentally prepare myself for Sundays because, granted, we love, I love the Georgia Bulldogs here. I, I love them. But the Falcons, those are... I mean, we had season tickets growing up, me and my pops going to see Vic and Vic and the crew and Roddy White and Audrey Crumpler. And you got to mentally prepare for them every yeah. Sunday to watch the Falcons because you don't know what they're going to get, no, what you're going to get from them. But fantasy football, it's, it's the cream of the crop. I love it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you, especially with, with a team like that. I mean, you, you got to be... You got to be ready to go. You got to be mentally, mentally see, prepared. See, you're that, good. No your team, your team <laughs> hasn't had a losing season in 14 years. Yeah, I, that's crazy. you're right about that, but I, I think it's like, it's weird, right? It's it's the different expectations of yeah. We haven't the Steelers haven't had a, a losing season in 14 a losing season forever and all that. Mike Tomlin's obviously done a great job, but there's also been a lot of years where you're yeah. like, man, this team could go 13 and three, and then it's nine and seven, or or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's kind of that balance. It's still winning seasons, but you're not really in contention. You know what I mean? So it's it's different. It's it's odd. It's interesting being being a fan like that. But uh, I, I will say, like fantasy, there there is a good and a bad side to it because there's definitely all those negatives that you just mentioned. Oh yeah. I, I will say, like I'm not normally someone. If I draft my team, I look at it. I'm norm, normally pretty confident in it. I I am in one league this year, and I'm happy I made that change. But the league I'm in, I didn't I didn't really know. Oh, I don't thought. don't get me started on people who are in multiple leagues. Well, no, I get, I get. How do you, how do you do that? I, well, what I was saying, like, I've done that for the past four or five years because I 
I, I can't say no to people. It's like, it, it's, it's a problem I have and I know I have it. I'm trying to fix it. But like, so this year I started saying no to people. Do you know how you say no? You say no. You say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They told me that when I was like seven years old yeah. and, and it never really clicked. So it is what it is. Anyway, I, I started doing that with fantasy football this year and I'm only in this one league. Right. So like, I'm very, I'm very happy about that. And sure. But this league that I got into is, is with one of some of my buddies or whatever that, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, it. but like, I'm not a big trader or like you said, like waiver wire guy, whatever, all these different things. So you don't like to win is what I'm, I, I guess I'm, I'm just confident at. in my teams. If my guy gets injured, like I, I'll, I'll go pick some, but like the, the league that I got into like 20 minutes after the draft, like, Hey dude, can I get, Hey, dude, can I get this for the – I'm, I'm like, no, I like my team. What? I'm a recovering <laughs> fantasy football player. Maybe that's why I have such strong feelings about it. That might be it, But yeah. I, like, I won my league that I played in for a long time multiple times, and I finished like – I always finished, quote, unquote, in the money, right? Right. Like, and so – but it, it was just sweaty. You know, like I guess yeah. that, that might be a gaming term, but it's just like tryhards, right? I guess is the best way to put term. it. Is it's just it's just sweaty. It's just you get to the end of the season and you're in first place, but you've basically sold your soul to be there. Like you spent <laughs> way too much time scouting and figuring out like which guy is going to have the best yards. And if oh god forbid, if you were in a, a point per catch league, just oh, sh- shut it down or PPR PPR yeah. league, shut it down. So it's just it's tis of the season, right? Because it starts tomorrow night and. Again, it's just one of those things that's like, um, God forbid you get busy at work and it's <laughs> Thursday and you're like, oh, crap, I have four players See, going tonight. You, like, just incl- you just mentioned that. I got Greg Zerlorn as my kicker. I probably need to change that. Cam, you, you as a human to, being yeah. do not need to know the name Greg Zerline. I, yeah, I probably and he's a really is. good kicker. I but probably need only, to change that. Only reason, only reason, like 70% of the people who know who Greg Zerline are either play fantasy football <laughs> Yeah. Or Madden. Yeah. Yeah. And he's on their ultimate team. Right. The other 30% are crazy NFL fans and Rams fans. He play, still plays for the Rams? Nah, he's a Cowboys kicker. Is he with the Cowboys? That's now? why I said I need God. to change him because they play recovering, Tampa. Recovering. Yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah. I, I'm actually pretty happy. <laughs> like, I, I, I just, I tried, you said kicker, and I was like, who even, who even is my kicker? No, I got that guy from Seattle. I don't know his name, but like, good. I'm, no, dude, I'm no, kind of happy where about that too. Right there, where you're at right there, that's good. Myers. You should not. No, Cam, yeah, yeah, you should yeah, not yeah, know. Yeah. You should not know who the kicker for the Seattle Seahawks is. PJ, it's we fun. are we are second down on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. All right, you need to know ACC, SEC, Sun Belt football, and right. the Falcons and the Jags. <laughs> that's all you need to know. You do not need to know who the kicker is for the damn Seattle Seahawks. Except for those weird moments when you let me talk about Penn State that well, I, I, I never expect. Your, I never expected, team. though. That's your yeah. favorite team. Okay. But, yeah, no, you're right. No, you're right. I'm actually kind of happy I don't know that. But, uh, yeah, well, we'll Thanks see how that works out. It, it is. It's going to be interesting. Like I said, that's my main thing is, like, when I get to Week 10, am I super bored or am I really happy that I, I'm, I'm not in the midst of all that? We'll see. We'll see. Ben Anderson writing and says you're not a real fantasy player if you play kickers in your league. I didn't know there were even leagues without kickers uh, in them. Me, hey, I just true. started a year or two ago, so cut me some slack, How about start a real league where it's just kickers? I'm here for that. Oh, kickers in defense. You get, you get, you can pick as many kickers as you want to. I know what defenses I'm, I'm taking. You get, you that. get, you get three kickers. Throw a punter in there because you got to like pick a team with a terror. Okay, I'm here for this. 
Like, you get, like, Dude, three yeah. kickers, two punters, and two defenses. Right. And that's how you play. And so, like, you have to pick teams that are just good enough at offense to get onto mm-hmm. the other side of the field and kick long field goals. And then you got to pick a couple of terrible offenses because you want all those punt yards. Mm-hmm. All right. You guys find me that league. So, so you, are I'm you, there for are that. Are you picking the punters? You're picking the punters, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Ooh. picking punters. So you get three kickers, two punters, and two defenses. How many points do you – what about, like, kickoffs? Like, how many points do you get if – Ooh, touchbacks? If, if you, yeah, how many points do touchbacks you get? Touchbacks are, like, three points. What about an onside, a successful onside kick? That's like, Is that that's, on the that's kicker? That's got to be, like, the same as a touchdown, so, like, six points, yeah, right? Yeah, I like it. I'm, I'd can play you set this. that league up? I'm, I'm there. This. Wait, this is but bad. Kickers. We're getting back into it, dude. We're no, finding this is a way. Different. This is I, different. I don't know if it this is. This is so different. Okay. Okay. Who, who, I mean, off the top of y'all head, what what defense would y'all pick first? Just the only if oh, y'all yeah, have to pick yeah, one. You defense. have to have a good defense. I mean, but but what team would y'all pick? I just want to see if we're on the same page. Defense, ah, uh, because it's not just it's not defense. total defense, right? Like you can have a team that gives up points, but if they get sacks and stuff, stops driving me back in. Uh, I just want to see Ravens? if y'all have the same. Nah, that's not the team I pick. Who are you going with? Maybe L.A., Bears. but they lost Melvin Ingram. The Bears, really? Bears or 49ers. Those two defenses. They got some nasty defensive lines. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Got some goons up there. I did see a great TikTok, though, where it was uh, – it showed, like, sitting down with a 50-point lead, watched to enjoy Monday Night Football, and then it's just, like, Tyler Lockett is uh, – just, like, comes out of the – like who's the uh, – who's the wrestler? Uh, the uh, uh, Randy Orton? Nope, the one who comes out of the coffin. Oh, Undertaker. The Undertaker, yeah. thank you. Undertaker comes out of the coffin. It says Tyler Lockett because Tyler Lockett <laughs> yeah. is just famous for going off for like 60 points on Monday Night Football multiple times. So, so I true. thought I thought that was pretty funny. But, again, I'm a recovering fantasy football player. I'm, never, I'm, I'm not doing it again. Again, I, I'll, I'll screenshot the text message yesterday where BJ was like, we should do a, a league for the office. And I said, y'all have fun. He said At one point he said, you can make a team for me, but I'm not touching it. So we'll see if that happens. Yeah, that's fine. And I'll probably <laughs> win because the team that auto-drafts always wins and just infuriates you even more. we got more to come here on second down. I want to come back and talk about targeting. Uh, it's maybe the biggest non-team storyline coming out of this past college football weekend. I want to dive into that. I thought Reese Davis had an interesting idea on the ESPN College Football Podcast with David Pollock. I want to dive into that. Also, some injury updates to get to from Georgia as they get ready for a talented, I'll say this, a lot of people laughing, when Kirby, including you, PJ, laughing at Kirby Smart when he was coming off the field getting interviewed by Holly Rowe, and he was like, listen, we got to get ready for a really good team, and it was, it's UAB. They're pretty dang good, and they're pretty stout, so we'll dive into that. All right, Cam, I need, I need the official just call the fight. Certified lover boy or Donda? Which, which one won that fight? Uh, certified lover boy. It's not close. Really? Yes. No, it's not I think not it outstreamed on in like what three days. Yeah, it's not close. That album's beautiful. But Kanye spent like slept in Mercedes Benz. He didn't stay there long enough. <laughs> or maybe he picked the wrong stadium. Yeah. Maybe he should like slept in uh, Gillette. Yeah, where where, where great things happen. <laughs> but is it still nah. Gillette? It, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's Foxborough. Just call. Let's say Foxborough. Yeah, 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 Foxborough. I honestly don't know. But I mean, nah, it. it Drake's was way better. Uh, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. I ain't, I'm not going to lie to you. So one of those like top to bottom, just banger after banger? Yeah, it's so not. Is there any that you're skipping over? No skips. Wow. No skips. I don't, I don't listen to music like that personally, but no skips at all. I did see Maryland's, their football social media account, 
when they beat West Virginia. Yeah. They put the uh, West Virginia helmet because if you haven't seen the album cover for Certified Lover Boy, it's the pregnant emoji <laughs> multiple yeah. times. They did that, but they put the West Virginia helmet on it, and it said Certified Loser Boy. And it's corny. It, no, it, it was just a lot to <laughs> take in. I don't know. It was a lot. <laughs> All I'm saying, but you've seen a lot of those over the past week, and there have been a lot of really like lame ones. Yeah. That was at least kind of funny. You know what I funny. miss? And I don't know what's happened. I'd be curious funny. to talk to some of our, our friends that still coach in college football. I don't see the giant poster boards as much anymore. Like oh, that was all the yeah. rage for like a decade was just yeah. like giant poster board, four things on it. It would have like, it would have like JFK, uh, Madonna, a picture of a tree and then stone cold Steve Austin. Right. And you're like, they're like, boom. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. All right. And then, so like some of them started getting into like really into pop culture. So like whatever, like the latest meme was you would see up there. So I, I don't, I don't see, I mean, I can't think of this weekend seeing it one time. Right. Mm. No, I'm not really either. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to look around, but if if we see any on if we see any poster boards or anything like that, I wonder if that's going to make an appearance. If you, if you see it this weekend, take a picture of your screen, tweet about it, post it on Facebook, tag us at ESPN Coastal because I, I want to see it. I did not see it. I watched a obscene amount of college football. Yeah. This past week, so I, I want to see it. Maybe they're just not showing it on TV anymore. I don't know, but I, I miss seeing it because it's just like the the grad assistants or like the backup right. backup backup quarterback holding up the giant poster board. I did see, which made my heart happy in a few games, uh, the defensive coordinator with the three assistants following him around with a giant towel. So the coaches yeah, so the, yeah, so the coaches that were sitting in the press box yeah. couldn't see him, but it's so stupid because literally every coach in the press box have, has the broadcast thing going on, and so like they can see onto the field anyway. It just yep. it, it cracks me up. But, again – so excited college football is back. But this past weekend, I think one of the bigger storylines that wasn't essentially on the field, but it wasn't about a team or about a player or about a style of play, targeting. We saw four players ejected in a quarter uh, from the final game of the week with Louisville and Ole Miss. And Penn State, Wisconsin had a relatively controversial one where you had a player going towards a quarterback going towards the sideline mm-hmm. and a defensive player coming up and the quarterback kind of ducks his head, gets hit in the head, targeting call. Um, I thought Reese Davis had an interesting suggestion because Kevin gets real mad about targeting. He, he, he thinks the rule should just straight up be eliminated. I've spoken to some football coaches about it, and they're like, listen, we just want consistency. And it's, it's not a consistent sport. Every hit's different. Yeah. Uh, but I understand what they're saying. They just want it called consistently. like Because uh, a hit will be called targeting and their player will be ejected and they'll see the same exact hit against their team and it's not called targeting. And they're just like, where's yeah. where's the consistency at? So uh, I am of this mind. I think it, it, you're not going to see this rule removed because they're looking out for football 10, 15, 20 years from now. And so if a parent has a one-year-old right now or a two-year-old right now, and they're watching football, and the news comes out that college football is eliminating targeting, and they're not going to penalize helmet-to-helmet hits, then maybe in the future that parent is less likely to get their child into football versus if they see a concerted effort to protect players, then you'll maybe see parents keep the kids coming into football. So I I don't think that rule is going away. And also, just in terms of health for the players, I like the rule. Because, I mean, he who does Reese Davis do that podcast with? David Pollock. Mm-hmm. He tackled a player with his head down, broke his neck, and it ended his career. 
one of the greatest college football defensive linemen ever, ended his NFL career really early. So I'm a fan of what the rule is trying to accomplish, which is hit with your head up. Agreed. See what you hit. I mean, I, I had coaches when I was younger, and it wasn't that long ago, that taught me to put my head down and put the top of my head on the football. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you shift a player over a little bit, I'm either hitting him in the sternum with the top of my head, or if you shift him over and down a little bit, I'm, I'm hitting him with a face mask mm-hmm. with the top of my head. And I, I was never this athletic, but, like, there's human missiles out there. Right. Like, I remember Reggie Brown at Georgia against Auburn in the early 2000s. I mean, a lot of people call it the Reggie Brown rule because he got speared and ear hold. Yeah. And laid face down on the ground, was just out. Yeah. So I, I'm a fan of the rule and what it's trying to accomplish. I'm not a fan of the inconsistency. And I'm not a huge fan of every single one of these being automatic ejections, which that's what I wanted to get to from Reese Davis. He had an interesting idea. Make it, and I know this is going to be tough because then it gets into the area of the – remember back in college football I had the five-yard face mask and the 15-yard oh, yeah. face mask, the intentional and the non-intentional. And mm-hmm. so basically it came down to a ref on the fly determining if it was intentional or not. Uh, you, you had those, and this is kind of getting to that area, but Reese Davis says basically if it's against a non-defenseless player, so a player that's in a position to defend themselves, a running back uh, breaking down the sideline, a wide receiver that already has the ball in their hands is making a move, a quarterback who's running, something like that. A player who's in a position to defend themselves and you just – they duck and you were going to try to hit them at the hips or take out their legs. They duck and y'all graze helmets, kind of like what we saw again at the sideline of the Penn State-Wisconsin game. You just you, – you hit helmets, then it's a 15-yard penalty, but it's not an ejection, and you just count that as one of the two personal fouls that a player is allowed to get in the game. I think that's something – because every, all of these are reviewed anyway <laughs> – I think if you determine it's a, a player that's in a position to the, defend themselves because running backs, I think, get away with this scot-free all the time. Running backs come through the hole and put their head down, put their shoulders down, and just bowl people over. Well, if Absolutely, you're try, yeah. If you're trying to make a tackle and all of a sudden they're dropping their head and it hits you in the head and that's targeting on you, I think that's tough. I believe if you go back a few years, too, when they made this rule change initially, it was supposed to penalize running backs yeah, for doing you, that, too. They never You've call never that. seen that. And, and yeah. it makes it so hard for defenders. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think if you install that and just say – it's a 15-yard penalty, run a play, got to keep your head up. Like, basically, that's what you're telling him is. And I don't think a, hel- a quote, helmet-to-helmet hit, especially if it's a running back and a linebacker, because helmets are going to touch. I think if both of their heads are up, I don't think that's a penalty. Right. No. Agreed. I think, I think if you're yeah. seeing what you hit, that's a penalty. And it, it accomplishes what you're trying to accomplish because you're not turning your body or your head into a weapon. And yep. you're protecting – because a lot of this is to protect the tackler as well. Exactly. Like I said, David Pollock broke his neck. Yeah. And so you're, you're just teaching them. And you see it now a lot more in youth where it's keep your head up. Uh, they're teaching kind of a lasso tackle where instead of just like trying to body somebody, you're actually legit wrapping up and taking out the legs. So the Seahawks uh, were one of the first teams with Pete Carroll to really implement this in the NFL. But again, 15-yard penalty, if you get two of them, you're out. Mm-hmm. Like it is. Like if you, if you get two targeting penalties in a game, you, sh- you probably should be out. But, I mean, if you get two personal foul penalties, you're out. Like if Kyle Hamilton, after he took his helmet off on the sideline against Florida State after the pick, if he had gotten another personal foul penalty, he was gone. Yeah. So right. I, I, I'm with that. Now, there should still be automatic ejections if it's a defenseless player. Yeah. So wide receiver going up to make a catch and you just absolutely earhole him. So that right. means you're doing it on purpose. It's just, well, it's, even if it's even if it's not on purpose, you're reckless, and you can hurt yourself or you can hurt somebody else. 
And again, ultimately, man. that's what this is about. Getting like, rid of that. That's what the rule is about, man. I think that's the frustration for me is the misconception that we want to take big hits out of the game. We want to do this. We want to do that. No, we're trying to keep people safe, man. Right. That's it. And, and every single and every single year, these kids get bigger, stronger, and faster. And so every single year, the hits get more violent. Yeah, exactly. And especially with the style of offenses that are being run now, you have a lot more. Because think about it. Back in the day, I mean, it was you see quarterbacks, and it would be they'd be twelve for twenty or something like that. And so half of those passes are within five yards, and then maybe you see three or four shots down the field where you get those really violent collisions between safeties and, and wide receivers. Now you're seeing that play 20 times a game. Yeah. And so those collisions are going up. And that's what these these officials in, in college football are taking into account is just how the game's changing and how much more violent it, it can be. Like again, you're getting a ton of hits just at the line of scrimmage every single time. And it, and it used to be you're playing football in that box. So now it's just so much more spread out that you're getting a lot more of these violent open field hits. And I, I'm okay with the player drops his head and the top of his helmet hit somebody in the face or hit somebody uh, just in the head and neck area, I'm okay with that being an ejection. Yeah. Like Slade Bolden in the Miami-Alabama game, there was zero need. The running back was going down. If you want to get on top of him and, and finish the tackle, fine. There's zero need to lead with your head on a back that's going down and make contact with their head. Agreed. Nah, I mean, if you do it on purpose, I agree. I agree. It's just I, I watched Ohio State and Minnesota Thursday, and it was a head-on-head collision that they just didn't call, and I said, I don't like how inconsistent it is. Right. Like, that changed the entire game. But, I mean, in the NFL, it's a reviewable penalty, and it's if it's targeting, it's a 15-yard penalty, and you just keep going. It's the same as face mask. It's yeah. just, all right, yeah, it's targeting, 15-yard penalty, let's keep going. You're not ejecting a starting safety. Right. Yeah, it's just completely changed. It's the, the ejection game. that kills me, I guess. And, and yeah, then it's I just what, think it should be. I think it should be harder to get ejected. It's a game. It's a game. So like, if you get ejected in the first half, you're just out for the rest of that game. Mm-hmm. If you get ejected in the second half, you're out for that the remainder of that game and the first half of the next game. I don't like that. But it's just. But what I think the goal is there is just to make it such a stark penalty that you eliminate it from the game eventually, and that's where I think there needs to be more flexibility. For these officials, because remember, this didn't used to be reviewable. Right. The first few years that it came in, it was just you call and that guy's gone. Yeah, that's it. I yeah. remember Georgia. I'm not saying this is why they lost, but I just remember Georgia got beat by Vanderbilt 2013, 2014, something like that. And uh, I want to say it was either Rameek Wilson or Marlo Herrera got ejected, and it just completely changed the game because starting inside linebacker gets ejected and no review, no nothing. And you look at the play and Head was up, didn't even make contact. Yeah. And so they, they've evolved from that. But I just think another tweak towards two different penalties there. Where, again, where if it's malicious and it's against a wide receiver that has no chance to defend themselves or a quarterback that has no chance to defend themselves, fine. Immediate ejection. But mm-hmm. if it's something where it's bang, bang, you're coming up to hit a running back who's just running people over, you got to take him down. Y'all's helmets pop off each other. You probably should have been looking up a little bit, but it's just it's it's just one of those situations. 15-yarder, keep going. Yeah, I agree. No, I'm right there with you. I, I think it would, like you said, it would it would save the course of, of certain games that have been changed or, or would be changed uh, but because of incidental contact, because of, right. you know, and, and a lot of these situations, some of them, of course, are ridiculous, are uh, what do you call it, reckless, where a guy's going in and, and making a hit and doing something that he absolutely should not be doing for, for whatever reason. And then there's other situations where 
and just just because it's the the most recent one and and because obviously I was I was watching it there's the one like the Wisconsin one where you're close to the sideline if that linebacker were to wrap up the quarterback and tap form tackle him yeah. out of bounds it would have been an unnecessary roughness but because sure. he kind of like shoulder bumped him and he, the head he shoulder just kind of and, and this like if you look at the last second i i understand the call if you look at the last second he goes to hit him and his bodily reaction is like his head moved back a little bit and that little bit brought his helmet up to the quarterback's helmet right. so boom there's the helmet to helmet contact there's the targeting and and that's that reactionary movement to a body like naturally yeah about to make impact with something should not be costing someone a an entire game by yeah. any means yeah so. 15 yards is 15 yards it is yeah. what it is i mean to me if you do it like that then all of a sudden it just becomes like face mask where it's just yeah. is it is it intentional no is it still 15 yards yep Right. Like, if you want to complain about your player still being in the game and getting called for a 15-yard penalty, I mean, fine. You do that anyway for pass interference and for face mask and for all that other stuff. So it's, uh, it, it's to me, just make it another penalty in the game unless, like we said, it's malicious. Yeah. It's yeah. against a defensive player where there's no reason for you to be doing it, and that's clear. Which I think, shouldn't be doing it. I think the argument against that is, is very overblown because I, I think there's a lot of people that would come back and say, well, how do you judge intent? How do you, how do you judge if it's malicious well, the, or reckless or whatever? I think that's very simple. I think we just yeah. overcomplicate Well, I think there's a perfect like, example is uh, how, how many crackback blocks have you seen recently? Yeah, the numbers like, are certainly like, going down. Just like the yeah. decleaters, right. right, where the guy has no idea someone's there, they don't have time to prepare their body for the collision whatsoever, and they – sometimes don't even get a chance to turn their head around, and yeah. all of a sudden they're just getting whipped <laughs> off the ground from a decleater. That's not in the game anymore because yeah. it's against the rules. It's yep. true. And what did it accomplish? Right. So what they're teaching the players now is if you are on kick return and you're running down the field and you see a guy that's about to tackle your guy and you're coming from where they can't see you, they teach don't put your shoulder down because, for one, you're going to get called for blocking the back a lot or for a legal crack back. Yeah. But what they're teaching, and two, it's just there's no reason to do it except to try to hurt the other guy. What they're teaching now, and I saw this at Savannah State's football practice, but this is what the officials have been teaching. Because during scrimmages, actual conference officials will go to these scrimmages. One, so you have a legitimate officiating crew. But two, they can update you on new rules and make sure your players are up to speed. What they're teaching the players now is if you're coming back and a guy can't see you and he's going to make a tackle, put your arms up in the air and just slide in front of them. Yeah. Because they're not going to go through you, right? Just slow down his movement. It's just, but but yeah. Cam, it's basketball. Yeah, that, yeah. It's it's a pick. That's what I was about to say. It's yeah. a pick. That sounds like basketball. It's literally just a pick. They're teaching him a pick, and I, I think it's great. It accomplishes the same thing. Exactly. You prevent them from tackling your player. You get the block, right? But you don't deplete somebody, potentially hurt them, or potentially give your team a fifteen yard penalty, or you get ejected. Mm -hmm. Which again, I just think it's it's okay for the sport to evolve. And for yep. those of you who say it's not physical, please look at Evan Neal. Please look at Jordan Davis and tell me that game's not physical anymore. Yeah. Go out there and yeah. you, you for those saying it's not physical, go get tackled by by Nicobe Dean and tell me it ain't physical. Right. Not forget that. Yeah. They're just trying to make it safer and they're trying to make this so these guys you're you're getting rid of the long term injuries that a lot of these guys have to deal with. I mean, we we work with a guy every day, Ben Troop, who's intrinsically involved uh, with the players association and with the players trying to get some kind of reconciliation from the NFL and he'll tell you man there's just there's injuries that you'll never be able to get rid of and some of it's just from playing the game you you sign on to play a physical sport like and, and you're gonna get paid a lot of money to do it but you sign on to play a physical sport nobody's forcing you to play it but at the same time you don't sign on 
for brain injuries. Right. And so if we can fix that, I think it's something we can fix. I thought it was an interesting idea there from Reese Davis in terms of just tweaking targeting because I do agree it, it's maybe too far right now in terms of how it's changing the game. A dude works all week in practice, and because of an awkward hit, he's ejected. Yeah. I, I don't think that's cool. If he goes out there and he, he's trying to hurt somebody, yeah, ejection. But just because of an awkward hit and a running back duck in his head, I don't think a dude has been working all, all week for a game should be automatically ejected and have to miss time the next week as well. So interesting thought there from Reese Davis. We've got more to come here, though. We'll dive into some NFL and some news out of Athens when we come back here on ESPN Radio. A lot of people thinking uh, Georgia got a get-right week this week. Big favorites over the Blazers. Not Kevin Blazer. Not KT Blazer. No, 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 no. The Blazers from UAB coming Who? to Athens. Georgia finally, I don't say finally, but Georgia Georgia kicks off their home slate with the Blazers coming up on Saturday. Kickoff set for 3.30. So, PG, you're the, you're the program director. What time does pregame start then? Say that again? What uh, time what? pregame start in Savannah for uh, Georgia football? What's the, uh, 3.30 what kick? the kick time? So, 11.30. 11.30. Yeah. On ESPN Radio Savannah, we'll have pregame coverage for you of that, but a lot of people thinking this might be an easy game uh, for Georgia against UAB, but I'll tell you what, they got a lot of transfers uh, there from Power 5 schools, and outside of that, they go about 300 across both lines of scrimmage. And so I know it ain't 340 like Georgia has with big Jordan Davis right there, but this isn't going to be Auburn playing Akron. Right. right. Not, not a lot of things are, though. No, Akron might be one of the worst teams, or is one of the worst teams in the FBS. Yeah, no. Uh, but this, this is, it's not that, which I think is good. If, if a Georgia fan is looking for perspective, I would say this is maybe talent level of when they opened with App State yeah. a few years ago. Right. And it was like, what, 31 to 10 kind of a game. Again, different offenses, Jake Fromm, freshman, having to step in there when Jake Eason got hurt early. But I think maybe that kind of game where – they're gonna their talent level is gonna surprise you a little bit. Obviously, Georgia should overpower them, but wide receivers. Georgia ran out two walk-ons against Clemson. Right. Which again, one of the things that I keep telling people, I'm like, quit complaining about the offensive performance. You started two walk-ons at wide receiver and beat Clemson. Yeah. You started no. You started two walk-ons at wide receiver. You were missing your number one and I'd say number two tight end, and your right guard got hurt on the first play. And you, you beat Clemson. You did just fine. So yeah. I, I do think this could be a little bit closer than people think. I don't think it's going to be a 30-point game. It could be. Georgia could stretch it out. I will say this, uh, and I was going to say about the injury front, uh, George Pickens, according to Kirby Smart, doing some straight line running. So nothing close to contact yet. Yeah. But that's nuts that yeah. he's already running around. Absolutely, yeah. So that – it's got to give Georgia fans some hope a little bit later in the year. Uh, but Dominic Blaylock, they say, is getting closer and closer to getting back. He just needs game reps. And Jermaine Burton, I'm sure, having a full week of practice where they said out of 30-some-odd practices, he only got about 10 of those in during fall camp. Getting Jermaine Burton up to speed, maybe you'll get Kyrus Jackson back. Or this could just be a week where you say, listen, lad, not like referring to the players as lads, but actual <laughs> lad McConkey right, there you coming go. in there. Uh which Savannah fans should know because he was the quarterback. Uh, God, I can't – north something. He, from all the way up there that played Jenkins in the quarterfinals a couple years ago, uh, came down to Memorial Stadium, 
with that really good Jenkins team that went all the way to the semifinals. He was yeah. the quarterback who came down and just tore up that really good Jenkins defense. Now he's out there playing slot receiver for Georgia. But I think if you can get by one more week, let everybody else get healthy, and then start getting ready for an SEC slate, I think that's probably where you're at. But this isn't a pushover team in UAB. No, and you certainly gotta gotta progress uh, through the offensive quote unquote struggles and whatnot. But um, no, I mean I'm I'm with you. I did. It's just I know you said I laughed because I did. I mean it's just the initial chuckle of like you just got done beating Clemson ten to three, and it's one of the biggest wins in the program in a long long time. And you're starting off the year in a really good way. And then the the first thing, one of the first things you say in the post game interview is, "Listen, man, we we can't." We can't just look at this win. We got a really good team coming up next. And I asked my hey. roommate, and I asked my roommate, hey. and they were like, we're playing UAB. And they're like, all right, man. Like, ah, come on. So my initial reaction was like, okay, whatever, coach. That's the biggest coach speak I've ever heard. But then you look into it a little bit and like, okay, uh, UAB might be, might be all right. It might be pretty good here. So we'll see how things work out. But like you said, some, some offensive uh, things to, to work through without a doubt. Hopefully you build uh, more chemistry with those guys. But you're also not playing Clemson's defense. I mean, say what you will about UAB, it's not Clemson's defense. So uh, looking forward to that. This might be another game, too, where, where, like you said, going into Clemson, you might just turn it around and hand it off to one of your 15 running backs that you, that you can get yards with. I don't know. We'll see. But any, any kind of complaints or anything like that people want to say about the, the offense, I would not only counter that with the things you're going through, the injuries you're going through offensively, I would also counter that with, yeah, but look at your defense. Because that defense is nasty. So no, like, no, this is all rat poison. I know Cam's over there, like UAB is going to – what you say? It needs to be like a, a four or five touchdown game. Yeah. You I know mean, what that is? No you know what offense. all this is? You know what all this is? Rat poison. This is, this is what Nick Saban was talking about right here. You guys got that. You guys got that rat poison going on in here. Easy win for Georgia on Saturday. No, I never said rat, easy. Rat poison. But I want them to assert their dominance like Alabama would. You know, come out there, assert your if dominance, listen, and win the ball game. Listen, if I, I know we got to go break, but if I'm Georgia Southern, and I know they are an FBS school just like Alabama's an FCS school, but if Nick Saban says, quote, y'all don't remember Georgia Southern, do you? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, they come in here and run through our bleep, like bleep through a tin horn. I am like that's on a sign oh, at yeah. Paulson. That should yeah. be framed. Like, like there should be a statue of Nick Saban at the podium. He's praising and, out, outside of Paulson saying that. Like, yeah. I would, I would. I, that should be on T-shirts everywhere. Maybe so. you put that somewhere and you run down a hill and you like you touch it like Howard's Rock. I, I, I Robbie Ross, if you're listening, <laughs> and you do the he, Robbie does good friend of ours does a PA for Georgia Southern there at Paulson. I'm playing that before every game. Before, you don't know about Georgia Southern, do you? Every game, bleep through a tin horn. Every game. Could not stop them. We got to go to break. We'll come back with more right here on Second Down. Big show coming up today on 3 and Out. We'll be joined by Mercer head coach Drew Cron- Speaking of Alabama, Drew Chronic and the Mercer Bears headed out to Tuscaloosa to take on the tie. Listen, you guys might be like, oh, Mercer heading out to Alabama. It's going to be bludgeoned. They took down point. 69 to nothing in their opening game. So those Mercer Bears will put up some points. A ton of local guys uh, in those games as well. A bunch of guys from Brunswick, some guys from Ware, a bunch of guys from Savannah as well. I think Michael Campbell uh, from MCA, yeah. captain on that team. So a bunch of local guys going to be out there. 4 o'clock, 
on SEC Network. We'll also be joined uh, later on this afternoon by Josh Pate from 247 talking about college football as well. All that coming up next with Kevin Thomas and Ben Troop. If you miss any portion of our show, check it out on ESPNCoastal.com. We'll talk to everyone tomorrow.